0: Great, oh thank you so much for coming, um, I'm quite overwhelmed with how many are here, that's brilliant because I really have had this sort of thing on my heart for a number of years now uh, and I uh, want to bless you guys and uh, have you had, had a good New Day, it's the final day isn't it, have you had a good week? Woo! <laughs> Proper New Day response there, woo, just shout if we are supposed to say anything, uh, yeah it's been a good week, I, one of my favourite parts of New Day is the free shower gel. Anybody? You go to the shower, and there's always someone else's shower gel there. And this week, I was like, I want the tea tree and mint. I want the tea tree and mint. Where is it? And on the fourth day, I found it. The tea tree and (laughs) mint. It was there. It's great. It leaves you all tingly. It's nice. Um, My name is Tim, and uh, I'm I'm a Virgo. My dad uh, is Terry, um, who uh, started New Frontiers, uh, that New Day is kind of uh, a part of. Has been born out of new frontiers, um, and uh, my brother is Joel, who who oversees the new front, uh, the, uh, the the new day team, uh, and so that's kind of why this is on my heart. Uh, we've grown up leadership in our household. My brother Simon here will be on the panel later. We're going to have a panel. Be great to hear from you guys. We re- I really want this to be a a, a two way discussion uh, conversation. We want to hear what's going on in in your hearts and your lives, what you're struggling with, what you enjoy, to encourage each other. Um, Yep, so my sister is also married to a church leader. Uh, my my oldest brother leads a house church. Simon's led a church, and I'm in church leadership now. So it's kind of, yeah, it's, uh, it's all-encompassing in terms of uh, my experience. Um, so today I, I really just wanted, it's going to be quite open today, hopefully. I just really want to bless you guys and encourage you, um, stand with you. I even just thought, if you, if any of you are keen afterwards. I'm very happy to share my email address. If you just think, I want someone to stand with me in this this, this fight, this walk. I want someone to pray for me. Uh, any questions that you might have, I'm very happy to have an ongoing, ongoing discussion with you. Uh, to bless you, to equip you, to pray with you at the end. We'd love to pray with you. There's some prophetic people here. We'd love to pray with you, prophesy over you, minister with you, counsel you on anything, any way we can help you. Uh, we've, like I said, we've got this panel. It's Q&A. In fact... Just to show you that one of the ways I want to bless is is, is to, one of the main things to do is just to bless you. I've just got some goodies to give out. Who hasn't got New Day 2014? Yeah? Can you catch? This could go badly. Yes. What about last year's one? Who wants it? Yeah? Who, oh, it's broken. Who wants Sam and Becky Cox's new album? Okay, going back. I should have started at the older ones first. Never mind. Who wants 2013? Yeah, that one in the back. Oh, it's supposed to curve more. Uh, 2012. It's so dangerous. I like throwing knives. I've got scissors to give out next. Uh, The New Day Homegrown album. There you go. Okay, who wants... A Green Heroes T-shirt. There, that went up quickly there. Who wants... You have to be extra small and a girl. Okay, there you go. I <laughs> it's Christmas. Who wants another new day? Yeah, I saw that one go up there. At the corner of my eye. You've got, to, you've got to be bold and you can even shout. You might get my attention. Right, I've got some some books. Who likes reading? Tim Keller's written this book. Have you already got this? No? It's, it's a fantastic book and it's very good for pastors, kids, because it teaches you how to forget yourself. It's good. Um, Unbreakable. That one is called, what is it called? Uh, the, freedom of the Freedom of Self-Forgetfulness. I forgot exactly what it's called. Quite a long title. It's brilliant. Uh, this is uh, Andrew Wilson's book, Unbreakable. Didn't you just get something? Yeah, go on then. That's about uh, what Jesus says about the Bible. Ready? this book called Sacrifice Simon how do you say his surname Simon Gilbo Gillibald i call him right uh, Michael Reeves Enjoy Your Prayer Life yeah go on okay who wants another one of these Sam and Becky Cox new album uh, another one of those oh oh Curl. Cool. okay uh another one of those there you go sitting on the front row is doing wonders for you okay and I've got a few more books here Andrew Wilson's God Stories yes at the back there I'm not throwing that it will kill someone okay and last one Storylines at the back there this is uh, your map to understanding the Bible by Andy Croft and Mike Pilavachi okay ready good catch good catch and at the end, I might have something else for all of you, but we'll see. But like I said, just to bless you guys, um, I know that uh, the, the, the pastor's kids that are in here, it's, a, it's just a unique walk. It's not more special than other people. It's not necessarily more difficult than other people what, go, what other people go through, but it's just unique. And so it's nice to be together, just to share it with each other and to be able to hopefully encourage each other. I t- I've called it... Pastor's kid, pain or privilege? And I wonder already if one of those uh, makes alarm bells go off straight away in your head. Actually, for me, it's definitely more of a privilege. I love it. I love uh, everything that goes with it. Some of you might think, oh, it's a real pain for me. Most of us will have an experience of both sides of the coin. I'm, I'm very sure that's the case. Here's some things that we can all probably know in our experience. Waiting around forever on Sunday mornings <laughs> to leave... Your parents chatting for hours. Uh, ve- very busy parents. Sometimes I didn't even know what country my dad was in. <laughs> Any of you had that experience? Um, but also the, the beauty of that is flexible parents. You probably, if your if you're parents or uh, your dad's in full-time ministry, then actually they, they probably don't have a nine, it's not a nine to five, so maybe they would have been around more often for some things. But then uh, they may get uh, called out in the middle of the night for other things. So flexible parents. Strange meetings going on in your house. As you go to bed, there's singing and weird noises coming from downstairs. <laughs> or you walk in and your parents sitting with someone crying and you're like, oh, sorry. Um, conversations in your house that you're not sure whether you should be listening to or not. Uh, Here's a potentially pretty tough one: unfair expectations from other people, either of your behaviour or of your knowledge, your Bible knowledge. And I and I have to put a caveat with this one. I I kind of think that's a fair enough thing for people to think that a a pastor's or a leader's kid would probably have uh, been led well in the Bible or led well in certain areas. So, but it's still something that we live with sometimes. How many of you in this room have moved town or maybe even moved country because of your parents' role? Yeah, lots of people having to move house, move town because of that. Um, uh, Good Bible knowledge, that's a great thing, part of it. Probably have better Bible knowledge than you're aware of. You definitely will have better Bible knowledge than your school friends and other people that have no idea about God. Uh, Some behind-the-scenes experience, so you may have been able to... um, be uh, hear conversations which were just a privilege for you to hear and be in on uh, or be at a conference or something or be uh, able to be uh, inspired in ways that other people just haven't been able to see those things that's a fantastic part of of our life Um, biblical parenting and worldview isn't that just incredible thing we take for granted is that uh, we may get annoyed by it we may think I'm I'm pretty annoyed that my uh, my parents have that are Christians, let alone that they're leaders, because I just feel like I'm being led down this way that uh, it's not even my choice sometimes. But actually, what I want us to talk about today a little bit is the privilege of that. Uh, If you feel like your side of the thing was more pain than privilege, then I really want to encourage you today to see the privileged side of being a pastor's kid. Um, Maybe some of you relate to this dual life experience. So at church, your family might be quite significant, People might know who you are and you go to school and you're just another kid. No one's got any idea of this other thing that goes on. Um, Knowing how to speak Christian without knowing real intimacy with Jesus sometimes. This is something I want to come on to later. This is probably the biggest uh, uh, pitfall for us, is to think we know God because we've seen how to do Christianity and we've seen... uh, we know the right things to say and we know Christianese and all this, thing, this stuff. And then later we could go through an experience in life and maybe some of you are hitting that now or have done or will do and you suddenly realize, wow, do I really know God? And that's something for us to, to talk about a little bit today. Maybe you felt some bitterness towards you from other people because of these privileges that you have. Maybe you yourself struggle with a bit of bitterness because of this role of your, in your life, this position in your life. What about sharing your parents? you feel like that? I'm sh- I share my parents with like 200 other people or however many people are in your church. And, and I've had funny stories where I've been in Africa and, uh, and some, some guy who lived uh, in the middle of nowhere, he said, oh, do you know Terry Virgo? And I said, yeah. He said, oh, he's my best friend. And I was like, okay. Uh, he, didn't, he didn't know that I was his son, but he said, he's my best friend. He sent me a CD. Because my dad one time sent out CDs to all the pastors. And then he said, I'm just hoping that he will send me a CD player. <laughs> yes. But uh, another guy in Africa said about my dad, oh, yes, Terry Vogel, he's my father. And he said that about my dad. And I'm thinking, that's a bit weird. He's actually my dad. But, you know, he's saying something quite beautiful. He's a kind of father figure to him. And yet we sometimes live with this. I'm sharing this, this, uh, this, this father with lots of people. But there are so many privileges uh, and, and there are some difficulties to go through. I just want to mention a few of the privileges that you may not have thought about. Like I said already, you have a worldview shaped by the gospel, shaped by gospel biblical principles. You may not even recognize that, but I think it's really important for us to recognize in our life that we have uh, parents who are uh, at the feet of Jesus, who are trying to lead us diligently to him. And uh, at times it may feel like, oh, it's not fair, I've got to do this, have got to do that. It's great for us to recognize, we are, not just uh, uh, are they leading us to Jesus, but our whole worldview. Have you ever seen Inside Out? Who's seen Inside Out? Probably most of us. And you know how she grows up, and as she spends lots of time in these things, in her brain these islands are made towards, like, what, is, what are they called? One of them is just family, one of them is like goofball island I think it is and she's making these islands things that, 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 are, that are really significant to her places she goes to and we've got this incredible thing that ours is all landscaped by Jesus in the gospel we may not have even thought that may not even recognize that but you probably have much more of a heritage than you're aware of and you are living in a light uh, whereas actually many of your friends who don't know Jesus at all are living in a darkness that they are not even aware of your parents is uh, your I've done that one. You have seen faith, whether it's strong or weak, you have seen faith lived out. Something so uh, huge for us that we have seen faith lived out and we have seen God's faithfulness in response to that faith. We would have, no doubt all of us, would have had have stories in here about how God has come through in uh, situations for our families or how God has led our families through uh, valleys but also, also been faithful to us in those times. And we have got, probably got stories that we need to hold on to that other people would not know necessarily to the same level. Like I said earlier, you probably know more about God than you think you do. And uh, maybe the case is that you might not know as much as you think you do. Some of us, we think, well, I'm a leader's kid. I actually know uh, a lot more than you think. I was, I was doing a, a panel thing like... No, I wasn't, actually. In my youth group in Cape Town that I, I ran for a little while in South Africa, one of the pastor's kids came to me and said, we should do a panel, and I should be on it. And he was the pastor's kid, and he was about 10. Um, and, he, and it was just that kind of thing. If you think because you're a pastor's kid, you know loads of things. And actually, we need to have a humility with it as well, don't we? That we're not just uh, qualified by being uh, in a leader's household. But the reality was... He probably did know loads more of the Bible than lots of his contemporaries because he grew up uh, with parents who were training him well in the Bible. So there's just a humility at the same time as being aware uh, we have, we have, we've been given uh, something to take care of, which I will come on to later as well. You have heard the gospel, and that is a huge, huge thing for us to be aware of. Just the joy of thinking, thank you, God. One of my friends said to me last year at New Day, he said, Tim, you had to be... You had to be born into a a movement leader's household for God to get hold of your attention. I was like, yeah, that's probably true, actually. And thank you, Jesus. Because if I was uh, not in a Christian household, not in a strong Christian household, I would have rejected Jesus. I mean, I don't even know how he got me in in that family. He's just so gracious. You just need to be aware of God's wisdom in where he's put us in what families. I just wanted to talk about five simple points uh, and then move on to opening up a discussion with you guys. Number one, your parents' job before God is to raise you in the faith. And I just wanted to say this to encourage you to not get frustrated with them while they are actually trying to honor and obey God. Um, We know this from uh, Proverbs 22, raise a a child in the way he should go and he will not depart from it. I'm sure most of you know that. Uh, Psalm 145, one generation will declare your works to another and declare your mighty acts. So we might get a bit frustrated sometimes of, Uh, my parents are making me live within these confined walls. And that may just be because at the moment you haven't got a revelation of Jesus, which explodes the walls of the devil away, which makes you realize actually there's freedom in Christ. There is something that can get rid of what I really want, what I'm really looking for, only Jesus can offer me. And my parents are helping me to understand that. My parents are being obedient to God when they raise me in the faith. So just to... If, just, to raise, just to raise your awareness that I'm actually I'm really encouraged that uh, it's mostly older youth in here because I've spoke to some younger youth lately and they're still in that case where it's just like I'm just really annoyed that my parents stop me from doing stuff and actually I take it that most of us in here are aware this is a blessing and I just need to be aware of um, honouring my parents in it they are trying to honour God with how they bring us up Ephesians 6.4 says bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord and the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So our parents love us. They're trying to bring us up in the fear of the Lord so that we will be strong, so that we will, have, um, we will be well-equipped for life, so that we will know Jesus. And I just wanted that to be the first point, that we are um, aware that we are yeah, just owning the fact that this is what our parents have called to do before the Lord. In case there's any part of you that thinks this is not fair, I don't like it, they're out of order, they're, and you're holding bitterness against your parents, We need to be grateful for what they're doing. Number two, you are a target of the enemy. I think we are a specific target of the enemy, not that we are something special, but Jesus loves his church. The plan for the universe, the plan for the world is the church. Uh, God loves the church. He's making his bride beautiful. And the enemy wants to do everything he can to uh, get leaders to fall, to get leaders' marriages to break up, to get leaders' households uh, to into danger, into problems. So we, therefore, are a target, and we just—it's just good for us to be aware of that. That we need to be prepared. We need to run the race marked out for us, which in our case is uh, this is part of it. Just being a pastor's kid is part of that race. We need to run that race. Be aware of the devil. Says the Bible, says being like a prowling lion. You know, a roaring lion, prowling around, looking for people he can devour. We need to put the armor of God on, don't we? We need to be aware. Actually, I'm I'm not going to be naive to the fact that I'm in a battle and we are in maybe a particular type of battle sometimes in our walk. We need to put the armor of God on. Number three, God has a plan for you. How many of you have uh, ever been, my brothers sometimes joke about this, any time that we go with my dad anywhere or to a new church and they realize who, who you are, oh, you're the leader's son, then they always come and they say, you know god really wants to, you to know that he just loves you for who you are anyone get that yeah we've all had that that prophecy that encouragement god loves you yeah yeah i know he does but i actually think part of that is because we need to hear it and sometimes we can go yeah i know i get it Ooh, I always hear that but god does want us to know that he has got a plan for you i love psalm 139 he knows us intimately. He knows when we stand up and when we sit down. He knows the number of hairs on our head. He knows the thoughts or the words on our tongue before they've left our mouth. He knows us intimately, and he has a plan for us. Think about David. His brothers actually scorned him when he came to the battle. They, they were laughing. What do you think you're doing? And yet David believed in the Lord. He wasn't, oh, my, my brothers don't think I can do it uh, I'm going to just go home with my tail between my legs. No, he believed in the Lord. He was even strong enough to say, you know, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Who is this guy who's not on God's side? We're on God's side. And he was able to lead from the back. The young, the young one coming through saying, no, I will believe God. What about Joseph? His brothers actually sold him. <laughs> they actually sold him. And, and some of us might think, I'm in this leader's household. And actually, I feel like sometimes my siblings or my parents hurt me. And they, they aren't the, per- the perfect people who people think they are. And actually, the Bible's got uh, some great uh, examples of of that happening to people like David and Joseph who prevailed by trusting God through it, by trusting God and holding on to God through very difficult circumstances, impossible things that they were able to say uh, what the devil meant, what the enemy meant for harm, God meant for good. And that is a big thing for us. I think this is a thing for pastors' kids to recognize. I have got every hope when I hold on to Jesus every hope when I hold on to Jesus if I don't and I just think I can go through the motions which is my point four Jesus is the only way the truth and the life Jesus is the only way for us the danger as I said earlier the pitfall for us is to think I get it I know what to do I know how to go through the motions I know what people are looking for I could even bring a a word on Sunday at the microphone and people would pat me on the back and say well done all the time avoiding Jesus all the time not really knowing him not really knowing any depth of relationship in my heart you know, when Jesus spoke, I am, in my church at the moment, I'm going, we're going through the, the I am's of the book of John. And Jesus said a number of I am's. And, and he never really just said, I am, to, um, to just say, describe himself. So I am Tim, I am wearing a, a blue top, uh, I am 34. No, it wasn't like, I'm just going to describe myself. Jesus always said, I am, into a particular situation. So people wanted uh, uh, to have... Uh, material bread nourishment for them they wanted to get stuff out of jesus jesus said into that situation into that circumstance jesus said no you don't get it you're looking for this i am the bread of life i am and for us we need to realize jesus will say into whatever situation that we're harboring what we're holding on to jesus i just need hope for my life i need i need joy for my life i actually I, I need i need this or that i need peace i need adventure he will say to you i am I am the only one that can give that to you. I am life. I am joy. I am peace. We need to know that he really is the only way. And if we're trying to go around Jesus to get to uh, impress people or to to do Christianity, then we are kidding ourselves and we're kidding everyone around us. But we're we're really robbing ourselves of the joy of knowing the Father, knowing Jesus. Jesus knows more than anyone what it's like to be a leader's son. He grew up with rejection and jealousy, and he grew up with undue adulation, people just wanting stuff, like, I want the bread, I want the stuff he can give. So he really knows what it's like to be a a leader's kid. He knows what it is to be rejected and scorned because the the Pharisees were always threatened by him. They didn't like the wisdom that he had. They didn't like the authority that he had. And then he had people who just wanted the the trivial stuff. So he, he had kind of both sides of the coin that we're talking about as well. He knows. So we don't want to avoid him. We want to go to him. When we struggle with this conflict, the ironic, it's kind of an ironic thing. The thing that we might think, oh, I hate this this Christian Christianity forced on me. It's so difficult. You, know, I, you might feel really pressured by it. The ironic thing is the place to go with that is to Jesus. That's the only place that you're going to find any rest for your soul, any uh, pain relieved, is to go to Jesus. Like David in the Psalms often goes to Jesus saying, God, what are you doing? I'm in pain. I'm surrounded by my enemies. I, you know, David, another person, who his own sort of mentor tried to kill him. You know that, that experience of I'm, I'm, I'm under pressure by people who are supposed to be my advocates, supposed to be loving me, and David went to God. That was the way that he found release. That was the way that he was going to find life, was going to God, being strengthened. The Bible says uh, David strengthened himself in the Lord. And I really want to just call out to you to to know that is the only... You know, it's pretty obvious. We come to New Day. Go to God. But we just have to have this in our hearts. The only way for us to find life is in Jesus. To go to him with our hurts, with our pains, with our frustrations. To say, God, I need you to break through in this area where I'm I'm stuck. And just a a final thing on number five. What's our responsibility then? Well, I just said going to Jesus is number one, what we need to do. But our responsibility, uh, Ephesians six one is children, obey your parents in the Lord. That's really hard to do sometimes. But in in the eyes of God, we need to serve our parents as much as we can in this. Some of you, I mean, hopefully when we open a discussion a little bit, we can talk a little bit more about being on mission as a family. Uh, somebody has said to me quite nasty things before, you know, Tim, you need to realize you haven't done what your dad has done. I say, yeah, I'm thinking, I never thought I had done but it was always part of the mission with our family. Maybe some of you know that. I feel like I'm part of this, which is great, being called into it. I'm not saying I am the, you know, the leader. I'm not saying I'm a, the big cheese or something. I'm just saying I am, I'm owning part of this. And we need to, f- maybe, maybe if you feel, actually my parents shepherd the church really well. They really disciple other people well, but I don't really feel that from them myself. I encourage you to say, Dad, I just I'd love to get some discipleship from you to go and ask and you know I want to I want you to bring me up in the lord I don't feel I get that from you but that is our responsibility to obey them and 2 Timothy 1 I just want to end with my bible there you may have I'm sure many of us have had this question of is it even my faith you know you get to a point where you think this is all I've ever been taught this is I haven't really had the option of not believing and maybe that will come up as well. That that thing of thinking, I couldn't dare say to my parents, I don't even know if I believe in God, because it would just be, you know, they would just say, how can you say that? And the pressure of, you can't even have doubts in my family. That's really tough for some people. You might think, uh, yeah, I don't even know if it, if I believe in God. Is it possible uh, to have inherited faith? Is it possible? Do I, do I need to find my own way? Well, uh, if I can find it. 1 Timothy 2, is uh, 2 Timothy 1, excuse me, is helpful with this. And this is part of our responsibility, I think, as pastors, kids, as any Christian. He says, you then, my child. No, he doesn't. He says, uh, I thank God whom I serve as I did, as did my ancestors, with a clear conscience, as I remember you constantly in my prayers, night and day. As I remember your, your tears, I long to see you. This is Paul talking to Timothy that I may be filled with joy. I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice and now I am sure dwells in you as well. So Paul is saying this faith was in your grandmother, it's in your mother, it's now in you. We need to own the fact that yeah, I want I want this faith to be passed on to me. I want this heritage that comes from the Lord and then later on it's, he says by the Holy Spirit who dwells within us, guard the good deposit entrusted to you. And I want to encourage you, that is part of your responsibility, to guard this deposit, to, to be aware of the attack that can come, to be aware of all the bitterness that can come if you're not guarding your heart and saying, God, help me when it's difficult, when people have unhelpful expectations, when people um, maybe like me for the wrong reasons and, and try and get close to me. And I think this is just because I'm and so, son. Uh, God help my heart there to stay, to stay soft, and not to get harder, not to get bitter. We need to, uh, we need to guard the good deposit that has been entrusted to us, the good deposit of the gospel. Okay, so though, hopefully there were some practical things in there for you to just hold on to. Maybe that will even just stir our conversation now. Uh, can I invite the the people on the panel to come up? Um, Sorry, we're going to have to move these chairs over because the mics don't stretch quite far enough. So in front of where the mics are now would be good. So guys, I hope you've had time... You know, you've had some stuff stirring in your thoughts. Maybe even just at the beginning where I I was talking about things that we're all aware of that might have stirred some thoughts. Maybe you even, as soon as you heard this was happening, you thought, I hope they talk about this. I hope they talk about this. And that would be great for you to mention that. You'll have to probably shout out your questions because the mics don't go that far. And then we will... Uh, repeat them um, let's just in, do you mind just introducing yourself that would be yeah, good sure. Sorry, it? <laughs> uh, I'm Simon Tim's
1: brother um, yeah that's all
0: <laughs>
2: hi I'm Yasmin not Tim's brother <laughs> um, I'm Lauren this is my dad here Hi.
3: yeah I'm ph- ooh, hello uh, I'm Phil so my dad is a, uh, a leader in New Frontiers and I'm also Lauren's dad Great. So, this is our panel. Uh, fantastic to have them with us. And uh,
0: I will probably ask some questions. In fact, I've written some questions down somewhere, but I would love to open it up to anybody. Do any, any of you have any questions straight away? Great. You'll have, is it all right to shout it out? If your dad's the church leader, just for the tape. if your dad's a church leader um, and that therefore some of your peers are the youth leaders um, and then things are being uh, discussed in your household, how do you honour and respect the, the, the youth leaders? Is that okay? And, yeah? Great.
3: Yeah, go for it.
2: Um, so just to clarify, are you saying that you're hearing things in your household that you then are kind of confidential things okay um i think it's just one of those things we need to be really sensitive about um and i guess the responsibility fundamentally is with the elders of the church and your dad and so i think for me just trusting my dad in that and so then it doesn't really affect the kind of respect i have for the youth leaders because like, okay they're dealing with that i just have to kind of respect and trust that actually you know they know what's best and stuff Um if that makes sense
1: i think it's it's a real challenge because it's actually quite tempting to listen in when someone else is being discussed and sometimes it's not really our business <laughs> and um and the reality is that our parents are going to get these calls wrong sometimes I love Nicky Gumbel said, you should talk about other people as though they were in the room. And I think, by and large, I've seen that happen. But on occasion, I think I've seen it happen that I think I wouldn't probably talk about that person in that way if they were in the room. And I don't think my parents would have done. And I think at those times, that is, to be honest, very tempting to listen to. Because you think, oh, look at me, I know what's going on. And I've actually found that I can feel myself conflicted inside, thinking this isn't really my business. Um, and so, I think we really need god 's help in the moment to sometimes remove ourselves from earshot. just think this is, just isn 't st- i shouldn 't even know this. Um, obviously, I think when we do hear things and you can 't help it then it 's up to us to be very responsible with, with those things and to remember that god 's command to us is to honor those that God puts in authority over us, whether that 's our parents or our youth leaders. so we need to behave honorably. but just to recognize sometimes our parents will get those calls wrong and and we need to resist the temptation to listen in and tease out more information because that's that's stuff you think oh that's fascinating I'd like to know more about that you know and actually we've got to recognise that can be quite a dangerous thing Uh, so uh, yeah let's just be aware that our parents will sometimes make some mistakes in that area and we need to be a bit careful uh, and that's where having our own relationship with, with Jesus and with the, the Spirit uh, and the Father, all three, um, is is so vital that it's actually, I mean, even not that long ago, I remember a conversation where I just felt uncomfortable. And so I inwardly, I'm like, God, please help me here because I want to know more. Because sinfully, I'm, I'm interested. Uh, and I, so I just need to watch myself, make sure I'm not asking questions that make it easier for them to say things that they think probably shouldn't have said that. Um, yeah.
4: Um, yeah, so my mum's actually the youth leader as well, as my dad being a pastor, so I can hear quite a lot of them oh, conversations. Bosses, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but I think something is if you're hearing stuff and you are tempted to actually be truthful to your parents, be like, actually, I'm being tempted to listen to this. Can you have this conversation where I'm not an earshot? Kind of stuff. Yeah.
3: Yeah. yeah. Great. Great. Another question? Yeah.
0: If, um yeah. Let's, let's carry on, because we could all have a two-minute answer to everyone. Uh, anybody else have any other questions? Yes. oh great dear questions. that's a good question once one time we were on our way to Stonely which was an old um, thing like this but with adults and um, we were at a little chef we stopped on the way and my dad wasn't with us and we were at one table and the table next to us were having a conversation no. all about my dad no. really negative as well um, yeah that was fun but anyway
3: <laughs> yeah so we punched them all in the face that's what you should do that's what you should do right <laughs> there uh, Yeah, I mean that's that's a great question I, I think Again, I guess it's part of the unique pain and privilege of being a pastor's kid. that The the privilege is that you get an opportunity to work on your character <laughs> at that moment yeah. because you get to make powerful, hopefully godly decisions about what I'm going to do with what I've heard. Am I going to get bitter? Am I going to just keep that resentment in my heart towards that person? Am I going to withdraw from that person? Am I going to treat that person according to the remarks they made or am I going to fight hard for forgiveness, walking it through with God in private, thinking the best of people, um, working through your own, you know, your own bias towards making judgments. So I think whenever we make judgments, we're essentially saying, well, I never would have said what you said, which essentially is is a position of superiority. And I think whenever we find ourselves saying, well, I would never have done that, you've suddenly just made yourself superior and you've made a judgment. Where well, the reality is we don't know what we would have said if we were in that person's shoes, if we'd had their upbringing, upbringing, if we'd had the circumstances that they were living with at the time. So I think all those things help us just to make the choice of, right, I'm going to think the best, I'm going to fight for forgiveness, I'm going to try and keep my heart sweet towards this person and not let it affect the way I relate. Um, those are some things I've, I've found helpful. I've got a question here
0: do I have to be a leader too no great
1: <laughs> yeah yeah you do um in as much as we are made in the image of God and we bring about the kingdom of God wherever we are so um my brother Joe used to say lead your pencil case lead your bedroom and uh, it feels absolutely right that we don't have to be in as much as we don't have to follow their footsteps into ministry but we, we bring about the influence of God where we are so wherever we go we want to leave a wake of, uh, of the kingdom of God and recognize that really every believer in a sense every human has a leadership call on them to be people that bring about the reign of God um, so in that much it's like yeah we all exercise leadership but no absolutely we don't need to assume we're supposed to follow them into ministry Um, It was wonderful watching a friend of mine, James Haslam, a fantastic guy whose father is an awesome preacher of the gospel. Awesome is God. He's a really good preacher of the gospel. Um, And James Haslam, his oldest son, you would think, well, then you're probably going to be a preacher, aren't you? Uh, He's actually went into medicine. He's an anesthetist or however you say it. Uh, and a, you know he's a brilliant medical guy and he's got a very fine mind and uh, and god's using it in various ways but he just didn't feel the pressure i must go into ministry and god's blessing his life and the choices that he's making um his brother did feel the call to go into ministry and has done but uh i don't think we automatically assume that's what i'm supposed to do uh you know that really is that's yeah there's, there's no pressure in that regard
3: So I remember my my dad, growing up, from time to time, he was like a Baptist pastor for many years before uh, leading in New Frontiers. I remember many times he said, Phil, you know you don't need to become a pastor. In fact, many times he said, don't become a pastor. Like he did, Don't become a... pick something else, but don't become a pastor. It's really difficult. Don't become a pastor. So, of course, I became a pastor. Um, and I'm, I think I'm actually like a... maybe a fourth-generation pastor kind of going back. Um... I think the, the thing that was helpful growing up is having freedom not to become that. I think the reality is in this room, many of us may choose or have, feel the call of God to go into leading in the church. But I think having the freedom to know actually God's made me a totally unique fit, totally unique set of giftings. And you're in ministry, whether you're working for a church or not. The question is, where are you going to bring the kingdom? That could be in gardening. It could be in teaching. It could be in business. It could be in building your family. All of that's ministry. Um, So I think having the freedom of, actually, I don't have to pursue this. But at the same time, if you do, it's a high and noble calling as well. So Great, yeah. And
0: um, let's go out here. Any more questions for you? Yes. Hmm. What do you do when people uh, are bitter about the privileges that you have?
2: Um, I think the most, the answer which came to my mind first was just to be really gracious towards them. Um, and I've learned that lesson, not just about people being bitter towards me, getting privileges, but actually, I don't know if any of you felt like this, but when people don't know as much as you because um as Tim said before we've been grown up with biblical foundations so actually sometimes when we grow up and people are like saying things you're like oh that's not quite right um you know why don't you know that but actually I've learned to be really gracious and actually been really like it's a humbling process as well um and yeah so I think like, it's a real blessing and to have those sorts of privileges, to have those foundations. And we do have to just be really sensitive um, and gracious to people who may not have the same thing. And, yeah,
1: I think the reality is that every Christian is a victim of immense privilege. We, we are all massively privileged. And uh, it's just one of the joys of being a believer. You've got a Father in heaven who he loves you, all your sins are washed away. You know, you know where you're going to be forever. You've got wisdom on tap in the Word of God. You've got the presence of God with you wherever you go. We are privileged people. And uh, I think that, uh, you know, I guess whenever we, if, if there's any sense of guilt pushed on you for being a recipient of privilege, I guess we have to realize that's not my issue. If someone has an issue about my being a recipient of privilege, that's their issue to resolve be gracious to them as, as has been said uh, but it's certainly nothing to feel guilty about or feel the need to respond to particularly I would say
0: mm. yeah um, changing tact a little bit what do you do when your parents parent you out of embarrassment of what you will look like in front of their church wow. anyone relate to that <laughs> you just think you're just, you're just worried what people will think rather than actually what's going on in my life right now. I've
1: noticed it in myself towards my own kids.
0: Yeah. I've noticed so that I, I
1: start to operate towards them thinking people will expect my kids to be better behaved than that. You know, why is there so much snot coming out of your nose? You know, you shouldn't be letting that happen. No, I'm kidding. But yeah, no, you can feel the pressure as a parent to think people are expecting something. Um, I can't yeah. Uh, so I guess being gracious to them if they if you feel that happens to them because it's we're all fallible.
0: But beyond mm. that, mm. I suppose with lots of this, it's it's uh, having the guts to have a conversation with your parents yeah, um, about these things as well. Just uh, I think actually, I one time I can remember feeling like this with with our dad, and he apologized for it because he saw it himself when we raised it with him. There was a time slightly overlaps with this a little bit different
1: but my mum was um in, in in the time when our church was when you could prophesy or contribute to the meeting without need of a microphone it was that kind of intimate kind of context and she was mid prophecy and i as a smaller younger child was being a bit of a pain uh, down by the seat kind of fiddling around and just being annoying And Andy Back, who was our youth leader in Brighton, told me, I don't remember this, that during the prophecy, she leaned down and just gave me a good slap across the top of the head and carried on, I love you, my children, or whatever it was she was saying. And I'm like, what's going on up there? And, um, yeah, that doesn't have any edification or help or anything, but it was quite fun. So there we go. Yeah.
0: Any other questions? Yes. What? Yeah. and it's like weeks and months in advance so we can actually have a conversation with them but how do we go about like, dealing with that within our, ourselves yeah
3: good question wow I mean I guess I, I think that's a great question I guess I would start by yeah so um, the yeah. question was how do you um, raise those kind of issues with say a dad who's very very busy in your case saying actually sometimes it takes weeks or months to actually book an appointment to have a, have a conversation. Um, I mean, I guess I would start by widely and prayerfully seeking God about how to raise the subject, because um, there's definitely a way to talk about those issues and a way not to talk about them. So I think it's going to Jesus, like Tim said, and actually getting wisdom from God about how to do it humbly, gently, winsomely. Um, probably not making bold statements but asking questions or saying actually at the moment this is how i'm feeling about what you're doing this is how it's making me feel i'm I'm not questioning his motives i'm sure you don't mean to make me feel like this but right now this is how i'm feeling and it sucks and it hurts and i just wanted to have a conversation with you so i think it's prayerfully thinking through how to communicate even if that takes weeks to actually get that appointment get it in and talk about those issues and just say, Do you know what, Dad, actually the fact that I have to make an appointment with you really sucks. Yeah. And this doesn't, this doesn't feel right. And I really want to talk about it because I love you and I love our family. And I want to not just bury this under the carpet. I, I, I want to be stronger in our relationship. So uh, I guess that's part of us growing up as well where we start to have those honest conversations with our parents. Yeah. So I think book it in. But have the hard conversation but kind of humbly well. Yeah. Want to say anything else? I think two, um, two things what, that
0: God's taught me powerfully over the last few years is that he wants you to, Jesus wants you to go to him whatever, whatever is going on in your life. He wants you to go to him if you're angry, really angry, go to him. He wants you to. You look at the Psalms. It's in there. You, if, you're, if you're upset, if you are sorrowful, if you're mourning, if you are depressed and down, If you are joyful and happy, he wants you to go to him all the time. He wants to share that experience with you and give you strength and wisdom. He always wants to to be with you in in your walk and in what you're going through. So I I would say, you know, I I totally agree with what Phil's saying. But in, in the meantime, he really wants to share that experience with you. And another thing that I felt, I was upset with something with my dad a few years ago. And I felt when I was in a meeting and I felt God suddenly revealed to me that he was angry about it as well. And it was just like wow, like God's on my side about this. And it's not like because he's the leader, God's like on his side about everything and I just have to put up with it. God was like no, that was, that's not right actually. And I'm on your side about it and I want to restore something there that's not right. And I want you to know what the representation of a heavenly father is like uh, which, which may not be right. So um, not to encourage bitterness but just to know uh, your, like Simon was saying, our parents are going to be f- uh, um, have issues and not be perfect in every way which we all know but it's sometimes harder as they're in leadership position to be able to feel can i can i stand in that somehow can i can i be across righteously about this and and you can be in the right way taking it to jesus Yeah, yeah. Good question. Our um, we can all answer that. I'm sure. My my dad was quite good, and I know that my my children are not very old yet. But I'd love to do the same thing. I know my older brothers do the same thing: is going out for one-on-one dates with each child, um, meals, taking time aside. I, I, actually, the biggest thing is my my dad prays for us just <laughs> every day. I think, uh, and and I and I feel the effects of it, and I think parents praying for their children is is massive Um, yeah I think yeah taking that and I think someone said yesterday in some context I was in uh, that's really helpful isn't it Um, that you parent each child differently and so I guess you have to see what what the child needs different children need different things and that can hurt from our side of it when you think you don't get me I really need this and you don't offer it to me Mm -hmm. Uh, that's painful and again we need to take that to Jesus and hopefully pray and ask for uh, inroads for restoration and uh, for, for that issue.
4: It's really good. Um, yeah, something that we do as a family is we always have dinner as a family together, which can be quite nice because it shows that actually they do value my family more than um, the rest of the church and can make me feel quite special and like I am valued. And then we used to do daddy dates on Mondays. We used to go to a golf range, play golf. It's quite fun. Cool. <laughs>
2: Yeah, we have a really similar situation. Dad used to take us out for breakfast um, individually. And similarly, we eat together and really value um, family time. Um, and the other thing I would say is if you have them really use your brothers and sisters because they're in the exact same situation as you and you can really talk to them and when your parents aren't around um, I think they're the kind of next go to people aren't they um, and you can really share everything with them so that's something I'd say invest in those relationships
0: quarter past Twenty past. Um, any more questions before we, before we finish off yes Mm. Absolutely. I think p- probably all of my siblings are intro- well, maybe not all of us, most of us and we were very fortunate we had f- a fairly big house so we all just went off to our own rooms and hid <laughs> most of the time. Um, yeah? Any, any comments on that? I, who, all the introverts in, in the room I think Definitely it's right. probably quite common it wasn't as much as I thought it would be. Maybe you're too introverted to put your hand up. Do you have anything to say?
2: No, I'm, I'm quite an extrovert, but I kind of hear what you're saying in that sometimes the house does get used a lot, and even if you're an extrovert, you come home and sometimes you just don't want to see people. Um, I think what we've been saying before, just letting your parents know, because sometimes they're just really unaware, if that makes sense. Um, and yeah, and, and also being okay with just going up to your room as well, because I think sometimes we have an expectation to stay down, mingle, but actually it's okay just to go up to your room. Yeah. yeah.
0: Absolutely agree. Not to feel guilty about that, basically. Um, yeah. That's good. Yeah, that's how God's made you. That's how I feel. And I know people do actually get annoyed with me because I, I hide away sometimes and I just have to go, sorry, that's, that's how I am. Sometimes it's an excuse to be grumpy, so don't let it be an excuse to be grumpy. Um, but if you're introverted, that's okay. Um, I don't really know how we're doing for time. I'm, ha- I'm kind of happy to carry on. We really want to pray for you and minister to you if you want prayer for things. We've got, like I said earlier, we've got some prophetic people in here. We want to serve you well. Um, are there any p- questions that you really would love to ask? One over here. No. Yes. That's a great question.
4: As a young person, I can find that often when you're in your smaller groups and youth and you're asking Bible questions, sometimes youth leaders can turn to you and expect the answer for you and no one else answers or they'll look to you like, okay, no one's answering, can you put your hand up? And... um which is quite hard but actually there are some youth leaders that when they just treat you like you don't like you know the same amount as all the other um, young people Um, and just I find that um, yeah I don't know just I don't think any special treatment is really necessary I think it can feel quite patronising when you do get special treatment from youth leaders because you're a pastor's child so yeah I think just treat them normally
3: yeah and I think the, the classic prophetic word that tim talked about earlier about you need to know that you're unique and special and you're not a dad and all that kind of stuff i just avoid that like the plague um because it's kind of like a bit of a red rag to a bull i'm like i know i know um so i i would just say you know treat them just like you would treat anybody else um that's probably the very the very best thing you can do
0: and I guess, like we said with parenting, you parent every child differently. So you might see some kids who you just can tell you're struggling with this and then you just come alongside them. Mm. I, I know that probably loads of us in here would know I've we've had youth leaders that have just made a huge difference in our lives. Because some, some of them get it. They seem to get it. And you're just like, wow, you know how to serve me in this. You know that there is a little bit of a different walk. And you you, you kind of... You know, I don't know. You help me to stand in it, and you help me to own it, but not be bitter about it. There's some youth leaders that just get that. Um, and <laughs> how are you going to do that? I don't know. Maybe just pray that God would help you to serve them well. Yeah, that's good. It's definitely been helpful for, for me. Um, thank you so much. Let's just thank the panel here.
3: Well done, panel. Well done.
0: Yeah. Simon, Simon wants to share a bit more uh, about something but uh, which happens often um, we we 're going to officially go in a second, but do stick around if you want to ask any more personal questions that 's great uh, and love, we 'd love to pray for you and one or, one or two people here with a really real prophetic gifting 'd love to uh, pray over you guys. Um, I would love to pray for you if you are the youngest in your family if you you just struggle i know that's an issue for some people or, you know growing up I was, I'm the youngest and when I got to about 11 uh, two of my oldest went to live in dif- my older brothers went to live in different countries we went to move in a different country suddenly all this comfort and all this security just goes and you may have had that experience of older siblings going to university and going and we were just saying siblings are so helpful and suddenly they're gone and there aren't people to walk with and it's just a difficult thing so I'm very happy to pray with anyone who'd love to pray about that great um,
1: just one thing that's kind of been stirring in me a little bit as we 've been considering these things is that um we tend to talk you know, we talk about the pain and the privilege, and the funny thing is that sometimes they are the same thing yeah. sometimes the pain is your privilege yeah. that we get to pay a cost so the gospel can go forward and there 's that bit in Philippians and Paul says, "I want to know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings and he 's saying There is a fellowship with Jesus I find when I suffer with him that perhaps you can't find without suffering with him. And so we have had the privilege of being Terry Virgo's sons. So we've been able to travel. We've been able to go to places. We've been able to see lots of the world we never would have seen. But a big part of the privilege is that we've had some of the hardships. One of my privileges was that my dad was never around on my birthday for years because he was in India taking the gospel forward. And I found that very painful at the time. But now I consider it something of a privilege that I got to pay something of the cost of taking the gospel forward. I got to participate in helping the gospel to expand. And rather than getting bitter towards my dad, recognizing, okay, dad, that actually does come first sometimes. Sometimes we've got to just let them do that and recognize, you know, that's, you know, I'm I'm going to get some of the rewards for that. You know, so he's got to obey God. He's got to put what God says first. And sometimes that means that we get put to the side for a moment. Now, we can't always be put to the side. But uh, sometimes we pay the cost. And actually, that's part of the privilege of being in ministry families. Because we get to see this is real. It's costly. And we're taking the gospel forward together. They're not doing it and we get to tag along. No, we do it together. So sometimes when it hurts, actually, that's part of your privilege. That you get to shed some tears that are sowing some seeds to take the gospel out. Uh, and that's a part of it. Okay? I just thought that might be worth checking in.
0: Should we just stand and I'll pray for us? And if you'd like to uh, move on, you can. If you'd like to stick around, that's, you're very welcome to. Father God, we thank you that you are a perfect father. Jesus, we thank you that you were the perfect son and that you paid the perfect. Uh, life, You lived the perfect life that we can't live. And uh, we just ask for your favor. Ask for your grace in our lives. Ask for your mercy and blessing as we walk this road. We pray bring helpful people into our lives to help us through. Help us to help each other and help our youth leaders to help us as we walk along this road. Lord, and we ask you most of all that you would come alongside us by your Holy Spirit. Empower us. Equip us. Let us not think that we know you and then come to a a crossroads and think, I don't actually know him. I just know about him. Lord, we want to know you. We want you to be the the defining uh, person in our life. Not our parents, but you, Jesus. And Lord, we want to, uh, one day when we have children, bring them up in the faith. We know that you are worthy of our life. You're worthy of our trust. You're worthy of our worship. And we want to be worshippers of you, Jesus. So bless us. As we go, bless us in our, in our year as we go uh, out and do all different types of things. Uh, be with us in Jesus' name. Amen.